this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. Check me out over on Instagram at Insane Throttle Biker News and join in on the discussion over on our YouTube channel at Insane Throttle Biker News Radio Show. And don't forget to pound rock on in the comment section. Today's show is dedicated to Corey. Corey, man, we really appreciate that uh, extraordinary donation to the show. If you want a show dedicated to you, all you have to do is send over a donation on our cash app, dollar sign, Motorcycle Madhouse. We really appreciate uh all the donations from everyone it really means a lot especially with uh what's going on with a lot of the platforms right now uh the podcast edition you will be getting nine inch nails nirvana and smashing pumpkins man plus an extra segment uh news around the nation a lot of people are really loving that uh podcast edition of the show mixing it up since spotify uh is letting us uh use the the music they're covering licensing fees all that good stuff which makes it possible for us to bring you some uh music over there can't do it like i said on uh, youtube or facebook because of the licensing stuff but go on over there you can at motorcyclemadhouse.com or Listen to it on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Today, oh, today, I got a subject that's probably going to pay a lot of people off. But like I said, I promise to give both sides of everything, especially in my monologues. Now, these are just my thoughts. They're not gospel or any of that. And I encourage debate on my monologues and topics that I choose I did an article over on HarleyLiberty.com. Yes, HarleyLiberty.com. And what we're going to be talking about is the age of motorcycle clubs is coming to an end. Most bikers don't support them any longer. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Cue the intro. Get your most unbiased and trusted biker news now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock That's right. Go over to HarleyLiberty.com. Bookmark it in your browser. We have news every single day going on over there and a lot of the stuff i don't cover here on the uh show again this episode is dedicated to Corey for his generous donation so my monologue uh motorcycle clubs are coming to an end we are in the age of individualism yes we are in that age a lot of people nowadays are more of individuals they're not into the group type of stuff now there is a surge in riding clubs and i argue riding clubs are probably the closest that you're going to get to the way things were traditional whatever you may call it i know a lot of clubs actually claim to be uh the traditional type of club but i argue that isn't mostly true if you know your history of the scene everybody knows after world war ii and stuff Uh, All our uh, brave soldiers who just got done fighting in Germany and Japan came home. They were looking for the excitement and stuff. And a lot were getting involved with the race teams. Yes, race teams. It goes all the way back to when the manufacturers just started out. A lot of people don't understand that it was the manufacturers that actually started riding clubs and i'll talk about uh, the race teams in a minute because that goes all the way back as well 
the manufacturers like Harley, uh, I believe Indian, when it was uh, you know the original Indian motorcycles, they started these riding clubs in order to sell their products. Now, those riding clubs would get together on the weekends, and the main reason was everybody worked during the day or during the week and was with family and all that good stuff. And the would get out there with buddies to ride in these clubs and stuff. But it was really a big activity back then because let's just face it, there was no TV. There was no friggin' uh, internet. So, these were big type of uh, events to look forward to was going on these big rides. It kind of calmed down uh, during World War II because the whole nation was mobilized. Uh, There was a lot of restrictions as far as, you know, stuff you could buy. There was rationing during World War II. So, everything pretty much came to a stop then of course after world war ii everything started to continue again and that's when racing was really big now the racing teams you know they had uh, the one piece uh type of deal you know some of them had the patch uh some of it some of them printed it on the back of their shirts some of them even painted it on leather jackets at that time that's really when you started seeing the popularity of the teams go through the roofs again after World War II. Well, this was ran by the AMA mostly, the American Motorcycle Association. And I'll talk about them in a minute. It's an organization I support. And then I'll tell you why I support it in a minute. But again... You know, though that was the sanctioning body of a lot of the races, you know, the flat track and the hill climbs. Well, some uh, guys, you know, race teams and stuff got tired of the AMA stuff and started forming their own races, and that's when they call, were called outlaws, clubs, and stuff. And that's when they took their single patches and started cutting off rockers and all that stuff to distinguish them from the other teams that were sanctioned by the AMA. Now, the older fellas, if I got some of my history wrong, go ahead and correct me in the the comment sections and stuff. But that is my understanding of how everything went uh, together. And then... After the split and stuff, of course, you had that big argument about uh, AMA coming out and saying, you know, the 1% thing, and that all got going on. Of course, you know, AMA denies it. Nobody ever freaking know because half of us weren't even alive back then when it uh, all went down. But during that period, a lot of bikers really supported the club scene. A lot. I'm talking basically people got a bike and that's what they wanted to do was join a club, live the life to the fullest, go out there, party hard, and just cause all kinds of hell. <laughs> you know, because it was a counter uh, culture. Uh, that, the 60s and 70s, that's uh, real, really where everything uh, started going with the modern club scene. Uh, and let's just say it took off that way and it was that aura that was uh, put forth that Harley Davidson actually took on for itself that outlaw biker that renegade type of deal and a lot of people are upset with Harley and I've covered it a million times of why but they built their whole reputation on these type of clubs and this type of activity and for them to turn around in 2020 and go all freaking tree hugger that's got a lot of people pissed and it's also got a lot of people going towards its uh, competitor Indian motorcycles as well as other manufacturers because now people don't care what you ride you know Harley Davidson is no longer you know the top of the hill man the king of the mountain whatever you want to call it Because let's just face it, man, they're behind in technology. 
uh, the Japs, uh, the British, uh, the Germans, they're all whooping its ass. And not to mention Polaris. So they're having a lot of problems. But let's get back to uh, the motorcycle clubs is coming to an end. And I really base that on the rise in popularity to riding clubs. Individualism, like I said, is upon us. A lot of people don't want to get involved in the politics. They don't want to make it where riding a motorcycle or riding around with clubs are their whole existence. Modern times, it's all technology. Meaning, people have so much more to do than just to hang around like they used to do. Now, that, in my opinion, is going to affect membership in clubs. Especially the outlaw clubs, especially, uh, you know, support clubs. Because, again, people don't want to get involved in them. Another thing that is affecting everything is what people see in the news. And, hey, I'm Biker News, and I put it out there for people to make up their own mind. But the thing about that is there's a lot of people that are casual. Again, the, they're more enthusiasts than, you know, hardcore bikers. And they see that kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, you know what? That that ain't cool. Because it's not... The temperament and the outlook of people... It's not like it used to be. We all know that. It's more PC, but... You know, it's just not the way it used to be. So, their thinking is... And again, I'm coming from both angles here. Is why not just join, uh, you know, go for a riding club or stay independent and do my own thing? Which, hey, I support riding clubs. That's what I push because I know a lot of people out there don't want to take on the responsibility of being in a club. Because, you know, it's a rat race nowadays, man. Uh, you got to go to work, you got to support your family, and. You know, that only leaves a little time for recreation. Because, again, people don't think like they used to be where this was their whole life and this is what they wanted to do. Ain't like that anymore. Clubs actually used to be popular. Uh, I get, you know, it's just been the last couple years that their support has fallen. And again, I think it's because of what they see in the news or what they hear at the bar scene or rides or what they see. A lot of people are forming these riding clubs to get as close as they can to the traditional scene the way it used to be and staying out of the politics. But what's turning off a lot of people that do join these things is let's just be blunt and honest is you know the outlaw clubs the one percenters whatever you want to call them are you know with this protocol stuff now with protocol in these days everything's changed man you know you can see the protocol channels if you sit back and actually watch uh no one protocol channels the same again it's local by the way but not one of them thinks the same or puts out the same information on protocol. And that's what I think really hurts the club scene. Because it used to be one basic freaking uh, deal across the freaking board. But now it's depending who's in charge, if they want to change it, the whole nine yards. And when clubs now want to start having RCs come around and start with the protocol with the RCs even though RCs could be anything from hog members to 
racing, you know, that's, you know, the crotch rockets and all that stuff racing. It just ain't doable because people don't have those uh, attitudes. If they had that attitude, they'd be joining the club instead of a riding club. So that turns people off when clubs start messing around with the riding clubs. And actually, I have to argue that's one of the main reasons why you see a lot of riding clubs support law enforcement. Because again, they just don't want nothing to do with it. They don't want to deal with politics. They don't want to risk their freedom. They don't want to get involved in fights or any of that type of stuff. So they lose support. The clubs are losing a ton of support. And like I said, the reason why I'm basing my you know outlook on that and my thinking is because... All you have to do is look at the arguments that you're seeing in a lot of threads. You know, you to take a poll. I only had, uh, you know, one. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to do a poll again. I'll probably do it on Facebook because they got, uh, you know, they got the tools for that. But the last time I did one and it was like 30% uh, freaking really supported clubs. Other than that, a lot of people just were not interested. And I'm not just talking about writing clubs. I'm talking about the independents out there as well. Now let's talk about the AMA a little bit before going into the news. And by the way, we got Nirvana coming up over there on the podcast edition. The AMA I support because I love the fact that they push biker rights And I'm not talking, you know, let's put Motorcycle Club profiling off. Well, let's talk about that for a second, you know, instead of going backwards, back and forth. You might hear a lot of club members say, well, we don't care what everybody else thinks. Well, that's fine. But when you take that position, don't come back to them same people that you supposedly don't care about. And crying a whine about cops pulling you over or cops doing this or that. Because it's those people that you really need to back you. So, uh, it is what it is to me. But AMA, they go out there, it's not only the profiling stuff, but they work on a range of issues that are specific to motorcycles. Everything from EPA stuff to autonomous vehicles, the whole nine yards. Motorcycle Rights Foundation does that as well. I encourage everybody to be a member of both. I do. Plus, I like the perks of the AMA with the discounts at the hotels and discount this and this. But I really like the AMA because of their events. You know, flat track, freaking, uh, they'll let lend their name as a sponsor to anything that has to do with motorcyclists you know American Flat Track is the main thing but AMA is also into that type of stuff they got the Gypsy Tour I believe still so there's a lot of stuff that they do good and that they also charter clubs riding clubs and most of those that are chartered through the AMA is just a one piece patch deal And a lot of clubs I know really don't have nothing to do with AMA. They're not going to try to push the protocol stuff on them. Or, you know, you might get a different opinion on that. You know, again, there's the protocol channels. You to look that stuff up. But in my area, they really don't mess with AMA clubs because it's two different types of thinking. And why would you risk your membership's freedom over messing with an AMA club, uh, you know, what, to show your, how long your dick is or something? I, You know what? I really don't know. But I do have that article, and I lay a whole bunch of stuff down in that article relating to why I personally think the club membership's really going to start getting a lot thinner. And there's a lot of people out there right now, and it's just not me that think that way. One thing about the uh, internet is word gets around real freaking quick. And there's a lot of others out there that 
bash clubs for what they do. And that negativity is getting out there as well. But we're going to go to uh, Nirvana for Corey right now. And then uh, we're going to take a break. And then we'll be back with some uh, biker news. We're going to have some Night Inch Nails and Smashing Pumpkins over on the podcast edition. And again, we got an extra segment over on there, over on our podcast. So you got to go check it out, man. Uh, Facebook and YouTube, you only get so much. But over there, I am not censored whatsoever. So let's go to the Nirvana. Trusted Biker News now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock Hi, this is Chinadel from Hollywood and Chinadel Evening Show. Join us Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for some fun times and very interesting entertainment. See you there, boys. For Corey, man, we got a lot more coming up for you, Corey. If you like to donate to the show, you can use the Cash App Dollar Sign Motorcycle Madhouse, or you can uh, donate via Super Chat. Now, let's go to Patch.com. Outlaw Motorcycle Gang uh, activity reported in Marietta. Guns, body armor, ammunition, drugs, and gang indica. Related to documented outlaw motorcycle gang, a sheriff sergeant said, Tony McAllister. 
Law enforcement is continuing to investigate outlaw motorcycle gang activity that led to a search warrant service this week in Marietta. The search warrant was served at 10.30 a.m. Tuesday at a home on San Sebastian Avenue by members of the Marietta Regional Gang Task Force along with assistance from the Marietta Police uh, Department's community policing team. According to a report from Sergeant Steve Dyer of the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, quote, the warrant was in reference to an ongoing investigation. During the warrant service, three loaded firearms, one that was reported stolen from out of state, body armor, ammunition, drugs, and gang indica related to a documented outlaw motorcycle were found. No arrests were publicly uh, announced. But Dyer, uh, Dyer said the investigation was continuing. It's unclear what law enforcement uh, to the San uh, Sebastian residents. Dyer requested that anyone with information, well, how the hell do you want to request information? You don't tell us who, which club's involved or what's going on uh, related to the investigation or anyone with information related to any gang or illegal uh weapon activity in their neighborhood contact him uh then it gives the uh phone number you know one thing i hate is when guns are involved they're either stolen or you're not supposed to have one because you're a felon that really hurts the second amendment man it really does it kills our second amendment here i am freaking scratching my back <laughs> it happens but you know, because I'm a big Second Amendment guy, and I know a lot of other bikers are. So when this kind of stuff happens, and again, it goes towards my opening, it really turns people off. Because, <laughs> come on, our Second Amendment's already at risk. You don't need to help them. You know, if you look at uh, the Empty uh, Vessels website, according to the guns, what he wants to do, oh my God. You know, they want to put, you know, see, assault weapons, they're too damn stupid to understand what a weapon is. You know, all it is is a dressed up freaking uh, rifle. It, it's not an assault weapon. It just looks mean to them. But anyway, he wants everybody who has one to register them. It's right on his website. He wants them registered just like you would have to a machine gun. Yeah, that's what they want to do. So remember that next time you go to the voting booth on November 3rd, what they're really after. So it does, you know, kind of, you know, piss me off when uh, stuff like this is associated with clubs because we're having enough hard times with freaking the Second Amendment right now. Now, let's go to some good stuff. BC Local News. Harley Riders Road to Victory. $10,000 donation to the Salvation Army. Hell, yeah, is what I say. Harley Riders Road to Victory, man. That is a victory. Uh, the 39th Annual Prince Rupert Harley Riders gifted more than 280 toys for... From the annual toy ride, uh, thanks to the Prince Rupert Harley Riders, more than 1,300 local children and families will benefit from the Motorcycle Club's uh, donation of more than 10000 in cash and 280 toys gifted to the Salvation Army. Uh, the 39th annual toy uh, ride held on September 26th was attended by more than 70 motorcycle riders who participated in the day-long ride around the region. Quote, We do this to help out local families with food, clothing, and toys. We've been part of the Salvation Army's budget for almost 40 years. They count on us. Don Butt, uh, a lieutenant and pastor with the Salvation Army, said that this year's COVID-19 has been especially hard on families in Prince Rupert area. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about as, on the segment over on the podcast. 
The money in the toys raised will go towards the annual Christmas campaign in the city. Traditionally, Christmas, quote, hampers were issued to families in need of a little extra support throughout the holiday season. However, in modern day, hampers have been replaced with gift cards for families to purchase needed groceries and items. And a lot of people are having hard times, hard times right now. Uh, it don't help when a lot of cities or occupied Illinois are closed down again. Families who are facing harder times this year can register for Christmas assistance between November 2nd to the 6th and November 9th to the 13th by calling the Salvation Army at 250-624-6180, extension 2 or 4. Registrants will need to have on hand identification, household expenses, and income. Registration will be completed by phone only at which time an appointment will be made for the collection of toys and gift cards. Rock and roll, guys, man. 10 Gs. That's just freaking amazing. I love it. Uh-oh, Harley-Davidson. <laughs> they having another freaking problem with that live wire. You know, it's funny. When it first came out, there was problems, and now there's problems again. There is a recall over a software malfunction. More than 1,000, and that's probably all they freaking sold, <laughs> of the electric motorcycles are subject to the recall. Though just a few owners have actually reported a problem. Well, they got to get ahead of that because, you know, that was their flagship deal, that live wire for thirty grand. <laughs> two recalls already uh harley davidson is you know we talked about that uh it was discovered a software problem that could cause the electric bike's powertrain to shut down without warning yeah that's a little bit of a freaking problem don't you think although the bike maker expects just one percent of the motorcycles will actually have the malfunction it is recalling all of the models within the particular production run to update the software. That's one thing with motorcycles with me, okay? I don't have to want to depend on software. I just want to ride. Uh, Short-circuiting sales. This isn't uh, Harley's first issue with the Livewire. I said that at the beginning. Just as it debuted the motorcycle, it discovered a problem with the onboard level one charger that hooks up to a household outlet that caused the company to shut down production for a week to resolve the issue. Since its introduction last year, Harley hasn't released any live wire production or sales data, leading uh, analysts to estimate uh, first year production would be around uh, 1,600 bikes. Well, there you go. I said it. I said it. Uh, the reception for the high-performance electric motorcycle has been uniformly positive. I don't know anybody who says that, but okay, you go with it. It's your story. With most marbling as its technological prowess, the main concern continues to be a $30,000 price tag, which led analysts to suspect uh, sales would be in hundreds rather than thousands, of course. Harley doesn't say what percentage of Livewire's total production run is involved again in the recall, only noting that a handful of bikes my ass. It said uh, it received two reports. The Livewire suffered a loss of propulsion and during its investigation discovered an issue with the bike's onboard charger. Uh, the loss of propul or propulsion uh, while driving increased the risk of crash. And it's received more, four more uh, complaints potentially related to the OBC prompting the initial recall. So if you got a recall of about 1,000 bikes, you only sold 1,600, that's a problem. Now, sad state of affairs right here, post-Crescent. Former Appleton, uh, where the hell did that story go? <laughs> there it is. Uh, I hate when it does that stuff. Former Appleton Harley-Davidson owner Terry Dowdy dies in a uh, car crash, uh, but he was on his bike. My fault. Uh, he was 68 of Hordenville. He was at a uh, uh, traffic light, stopped on his motorcycle. 
Oh, this was in Tennessee when a truck hit him from behind. Oh, that's the biggest worry for a motorcyclist is sitting at a traffic stoplight and always looking at the mirrors and wondering if somebody's going to stop or not. Uh, paramedics took him to a local hospital where he was pronounced dead. The driver of the truck told police she did not notice the motorcycle was stopped. Yeah, a good one right there. That's always the case. I didn't see him. I didn't see the motorcycle. <sighs> Sad stuff. Uh, quote, he will be remembered as someone who was always willing to help out anyone in need. It's amazing how many lives he was able to touch. Said his son, Josh, who operated the dealership with him and became sole owner when Dowdy uh, retired at the end of 2016. Now, a good story here. Somber Souls vroomed to the uh, food pantry. Uh, Susan Kelly uh, nuttered in. Uh, rain or shine, winter snow, flood or fire, pandemic or no pandemic, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12, the food pantry uh, volunteers distributed donated food to residents throughout the peak-to-peak -peak, uh, region. Since COVID-19 seized the community in March, food pantry patrons wear masks, stay in their cars, and wait for friendly volunteer to load a box of food in the trunk. Uh, October 10th was no different except for one thing, the anticipated arrival of the Sober Souls Motorcycle Club and a truckload of toiletries and supplies for the food pantry. Uh, this is great stuff, man. I love it. You know, bikers are always fucking helping the community and they get such a bad rap, especially now. Uh, you know, we did that one story where... Uh, Yahoo News said that uh, bikers are now super spreaders of uh, the COVID-19 because of that Sturges deal. So, oh, that one got me going. Anyway, uh, 1220, uh, they arrived. Uh, let's see here. Uncle Ron led the place, uh, the group, longtime member of the Sobel, or Sober uh, Souls Chapter 381, an addiction counselor at Jefferson Center. Sober Souls has been around for over 28 years helping individuals who struggle with substance abuse and addiction. Uh, they're required to maintain sobriety, hence their slogan, Breaking the Chain. They are also committed to putting the welfare of the group above self-interest and helping others. Rock and roll, man. So uh, they really de uh, delivered a whole truckload of stuff that was awesome. Bikers helping that community, man. Now, Corey Graff, Wallace Shame, San Antonio police officer arrested on DWI charge after driving at 100 miles an hour and swerving. Beautiful. Good God, you guys. Late breaking news this morning, a San Antonio police officer arrested and charged with DWI. Officer Rafael Hernandez III was seen driving about 100 miles per hour and swerving onto the shoulder of Loop 410 near I-10. That's when he was pulled over and officers determined he was driving under the influence. Hernandez has been with the department for three and a half years. He's being placed on administrative leave during the investigation. Yeah, there you go. Another DWI or DUI as we call them uh, here in Illinois. But yeah, swerving. Not nice. Not nice being a cop and doing that. But he'll, uh, you know, do his little time, get his friggin', uh, you know, slap on the hand, and then he'll be arresting people for DUI. Hypocrites. Anyway, we're going to go to the Smashing Pumpkins right now for Corey, man. Uh, again, if you like to donate, you can uh, buy the Cash App at uh, Dollar Sign Motorcycle Madhouse. Then I'll be right back with my, uh, you know, final thoughts for uh, YouTube and Facebook. Then we'll go on to our uh, next segment.
Hollywood and China Doll Evening Show. Join us Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for some fun times and very interesting entertainment. See you there, boys. Get your copy of New Age of Biden and Brotherhood by Insane Throttle's very own James Hollywood Bachgarden. New Age of Biden and Brotherhood will take you on a journey of the past and present fighters. Get your copy on Amazon and all major book retailers. Rock on. Oh, yeah. New Age of Biking and Brotherhood. Boy, did I let loose in that book. You can get your copy now over at Amazon or all the major book retailers. Go over there and check it out, man. I give you some stuff that uh, many people don't uh, know. So get it. And uh, Corey, man, how you doing, buddy? We're going to be having uh, some smashing pumpkins coming up for you in a second. But my final thoughts for uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube listeners, man, what do I got to say here, man? Uh, you know, my monologue, I know it's probably going to piss off a lot of people really good. It usually does. You know, I always got that, you know, one or two haters that, you know, dislike us and they don't even see the program. They do it every day. You know what? They are stalkers, my God. Uh, at least, you know, air your bitches, man. Air your bitches. Tell us what's wrong with you. Are you like they're smoking freaking some uh 420 and accidentally hit that every damn day i don't know what's going on with you man and that's one thing about the internet that uh <laughs> is something else you can always hide behind that computer don't have to tell people who you are and then they expect creators to acknowledge them <laughs> i guess i just did uh but that is always uh funny stuff but going back to the monologue, membership is down. I can tell that uh, real hard. Uh, we do know, uh, even you know, just this past freaking summer, all the bikers and motorcyclists out there supporting law enforcement and their jobs. You gotta say, man, that would have never used to happen, and never. And it was, if it did, it wasn't that damn big. But now it's like that everywhere, man. So that should be alarming to a lot of members of clubs. But again, they'll go back and say, "Hey, we got our little deal here. We don't really care about what everybody else thinks." And hey, you know what? That is America. That is a free country. Do what you want. But then you're going to have to hear, well, you don't care about us. Why should we care about you, deal? And, uh, yeah, you know, one mistake I think that a lot of clubs are doing is if they uh, go mess around with riding clubs. Uh, because just the nature of a riding club, it tells you that they don't want to be around that kind of stuff. They don't want to be around the politics, like I said. All they want to do is go ride and party. You know, now I do agree if you have a riding club that's sporting a three piece patch, yeah, then you just became different than what you're supposed to be. And a lot of people use riding clubs to move into the MC scene uh, undetected, which isn't cool. You're either going to be what you proclaim to be, or you're going to be a hypocrite. You can't have it both ways, man. If you just want to ride, then just ride. Don't try to go and act like an MC and then, uh, you know, bitch and moan when they come back and say, hey, man, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're acting like an MC. You know, this is the way protocol works. You can't bitch. You really can't. So it's either, again, you're a riding club or you're an MC. You know, and if you try to go to the MC route, there's protocols that have to be followed. But, you know, that's uh, my little spiel on that. Uh, far as the biker news, man, I love all the good stories that are coming out. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the show is the good that bikers do. Because they're not really recognized like they should be. And that's, you know, that's pretty damn sad. But... More and more, I think the local news is covering the biker scene. It's just that national news, they have a hard-on for everybody. 
especially in these times where you got bikers for Trump and then they automatically equate bikers with that organization. And that couldn't be furthest from the truth because I don't know many of them, you know, people that are involved in that in my area anyway, and I'm talking locally. Uh, you know, they might be closet bikers for Trump. Who freaking knows, man? My question with bikers for Trump is after Trump's out of office eventually, what the hell do you do from there? You know, start MAGA party? You know, that's one thing I was thinking about the other day. I was like, you know what? Trump has transformed every damn thing. So if he does leave office, all he has to do is start the MAGA party, and uh, that would decimate the Republicans. But, uh, yeah, you know, America first type of deal. So, you know, but it sucks that the media treats bikers that way because they equate them on the national level to that type of stuff. Uh, it's also awesome seeing a lot of the bikers out there filling uh, food pantries and stuff. COVID-19 has really wrecked everything. And I'm going to argue in the next segment that, you know, it's not a federal thing. It's a state-level thing. There's not much that the federal government can do with this except make sure that the supplies are there that's needed. It's on the local level, the state level, that uh, causes all this crap, man. It really does. And you see a lot of difference between the states. You really do. So with that, we're going to be uh, playing some Nine Inch Nails for Corey. And then we're going to go into our next segment. If you're over on uh, YouTube and Facebook, join us over on freaking iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeart, all that stuff, man. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to uh, Hollywood and China Dolls freaking uh, youtube channel we're also on all the major podcasts and platforms take us to work to, with you and all that good stuff uh, like i said it's always awesome hearing people say hey we're listening to you at work or we're listening to you in the car all that good stuff because winter is coming and i seen a live shot from sturges yesterday and there's snow all over the place and here i am in northern illinois saying oh shit when are we gonna get it you know there was some flurries and stuff the other day I was like, man, I'm getting too old for this. My knees are going to be killing me again, my, especially the one that I'm uh, having trouble with right now. Uh, sitting there thinking, ah, do I do this or do I do the surge? I don't know, man. Uh, I actually, I'm going to have a video coming out. I get went and bought a truck cap for the freaking Silverado, thinking about getting that converted into a camper type of deal. So that'll be coming out having some fun but uh let's go to our uh break with uh, uh nine inch nails i should do a blooper re uh reel and then uh i'll see you on the other side over on the podcast
And that was Nine Inch Nails for Corey. Again, Corey, man, thanks. I appreciate the, the donations you made by the Cash App. Dollar Sign Motorcycle Madhouse. If you want a show dedicated to you, all you have to do is make a donation, help the show out, uh, keep this thing going for all of us. But I am going to go over this COVID uh, response stuff. Be You know, make a correlation uh how different states are doing it uh illinois which is my home state and then south dakota right now the national uh news and i you know maybe the cdc whatever is saying that we're going into the next phase where we're going to have an uptick because of the weather and you know let's compare how states are doing different stuff Right now, in my region, see, we're all broke down in regions in Illinois. If you get uh, above a certain percentage, I think it's like 8%, they throw the restrictions down. And a lot of people are having, uh, they're getting tired of COVID-19 with the restrictions. Businesses are failing all over the damn place. And one thing I hate is the fact that these uh, governors, these state officials, they're making their money. But hell no, everybody else is going to the poorhouse. And that's one thing I can't stand about freaking, you know, on the debate the other day. Oh, Biden says, I got a plan. I got this. I got that. Well, it's real easy to armchair quarterback when you don't have to deal with anything. Your freaking response to SARS (laughs) was laughable. You didn't see the media out there reporting the numbers or any of that stuff. You know, everything is in relations to this damn uh, election. And and you know what? The American people are right there in the uh, center of it. And it's not right, man. Again, you know, you got this guy out there who is uh, supposedly leading. Have you guys seen his fucking crowds? There ain't no damn way this guy's leaning. And one of the things that are is trending right now is, can I change my vote once I voted? Lot of buyers uh, remorse going on out there, and you know who that's going towards, especially with the last debate where he got his ass kicked. But let's take a look at two different states how the governors are handling it a lot of people especially the media are going after the republican governors because south dakota they actually left their state open they didn't put any restrictions on it and they've been doing great financially and that's the case in most republican states because they believe everything should be open and i do too I don't believe people should be losing their livelihoods over this. I think it's up to the people to take precautions. This is something we got to live with. But you don't have to send everybody into a freaking financial depression over it either. You got to adjust. Like me, I'll wear my mask. Yes, I won't go near people, but everybody knows I'm a germaphobic. So I make sure that I do that stuff because this is a deadly disease. It's a very deadly disease. Anybody who tells you it isn't is lying to you. They're straight up lying to you. I've known people that have been on ventilators. I know people that uh, really almost didn't make it. And now that they did, they're scarred for freaking life. So this ain't no joke. You got to know that. But the way you're responding to it isn't a joke either. Now you got your suicide, your alcohol, your drug use up there because people are going freaking broke and you got a freaking hag in the house wanting to give all this money to freaking liberal cities that are poorly run instead of COVID-19. We were supposed to get, what, a $1,200 check one of these days? Well, that never fucking happened because they're playing politics with people's lives. That's what you need to start understanding. Stop with the D, stop with the R crap, and vote for people who actually give a shit about you. Anyway, uh, South Dakota, you know, that was the site of Sturges with the biker rally and stuff. And now the news is coming out saying that, you know, it was the Sturges motorcycle rally 
that causing all these problems throughout the Midwest. I don't believe that one second. They are citing a lot of uh, institutions outside the United States, uh, like Germany, and then there was one out of England the other day. Uh, so, yeah, mainstream news, you just can't trust them anymore, and they're wondering, well, why? Well, why? Because you're a bunch of fucking propaganda machines, that's why. Uh, anyway, there was 10 new COVID-19 deaths on Saturday. Uh, South Dakota suppressed uh, more than 10,000 active uh, COVID-19 cases. Uh, and that was according to the South Dakota Department of Health. And yes, South Dakota uh, don't have a big population or so, any of that, but they're trying to move forward. Trying to move forward. Now, if the bikers from Sturges were so bad, they spread this, it was uh, you know, a Petri dish of uh, being super spreaders, you'd think you'd have more totals than 10,000. Uh, there was 366 deaths. There was 143 in October, the deadliest month of the pandemic. Uh, the new deaths were six women and four men with three in the age of 60 to 69, two in the age of 70 and 79, and five in the 80 plus range. So that's consistent right there with the age group and the risk groups. Uh, then you got pre-condition, uh, you know, pre, uh, you know, pre-existing conditions, whatever the hell it is. Uh, there was 939 cases reported. The state's total case count is uh, 38,141 up from uh, Friday. Uh, so it looks like we're in a second surge. But the South uh, Dakota governor, she didn't close off her state. And they're not dealing with the problems that many other states are dealing with when it comes to this COVID. Now, it, you know, you go on the opposite side, you got Illinois ran by Democrats. Uh, you know, the COVID-19 restrictions are out in force again. Uh, there's new limits on indoor dining, uh, shots in uh, restaurants in Chicago, Lancy. You know, the Democrats, they redistricted this state where they can get all they need from the Chicago region and they, and they forget about the rest of it. If you get outside of Chicago, it's mostly a red fucking state. Uh, it's just Chicago and the idiots that don't understand after over a hundred years of uh, Democrat leadership that uh, it's driven its city into the ground. But people don't wake up because they're sheeple. Uh, but there's been huge restrictions uh, put uh, across Illinois. Uh, restaurants and bars in four of our counties closed once more to dine-in service. Uh, under mitigation measures announced by JB and what's even worse is he continue he lets one order run out and redoes it because we don't have a legislature we don't have one it's all freaking the Chicago machine and they wonder why this state sucks and everybody's leaving it uh, Mary, uh, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, that freaking troll, she uglier than hell. They call her Beetlejuice for a reason. Now there's a 10 p.m. nightly curfew for non-essential businesses and prohibited bars without a retail food license from serving customers indoors. Uh, you know, a lot of the people have endured uh, rounds of these restrictions here in Illinois, uh, and they're instituted. Uh, it looks like it's an 8% threshold for three consecutive days. Uh, health officials put uh, half of the state's 102 uh, counties on warning lists because they triggered at least two state-set uh, thresholds. Uh, and uh Restaurant they're talking about in Naperville said previous shutdowns and restrictions had already put him out tens of thousands of dollars. And, you know, this could cost a lot of people their lives. Uh, Illinois, you know, because we got a bigger population, is 29,000 in the last seven days. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on here uh, in Illinois. But you can see the different ways that the counties are or the you know the states are handling this crisis 
and at the uh, you know the beginning of the segment i said you know what what do you want the feds what do you want trump to fucking do there's nothing they can do except make sure the medical supplies are there it's all on the state level and i wish he would push that message look how the governors are running their states that's what needs to be put out there and that's what needs to be said but anyway make sure you get out there and vote uh, hopefully you enjoyed the co- uh, show Corey really appreciate it again make sure you guys go over and watch uh, Hollywood and Chinatown show man we're on all the podcast platforms but go subscribe to that YouTube channel get us some numbers up there man but with that I'll talk to you guys later you all have a good one I just heard the podcast where you dedicated to me, Claudia Banda. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. <laughs> I almost fell in the shower. Uh, thank you. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, but I love your show. I'm a new listener. I just started writing in March. I write for Guardians of the Children here in El Paso, Texas. And I'm really excited. Thank you so much. You made my year. Bye. <laughs>